Hey, welcome to the Shawnee Mac Show. My name is Shawnee Mac. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Happy birthday, Mary. I miss you every day. Unfortunately, tonight, the top story is still the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which has now gone on for eight horrific days. While the two sides did temporarily agree to a ceasefire this afternoon to arrange civilian evacuations in certain areas of the country, Russia's terrible onslaught has continued into what is going to be its ninth day now. The Russians now claim to have taken over the port city of Kherson, but there is still plenty of fight left in the Ukrainians who continue to hold the capital city of Kiev and the crucial city of Kharkiv, while a lot has been made of the menacing 40-mile-long convoy of Russian tanks that is now attempting to encircle Kiev, they can't quite seem to get there. The armed convoy stalling is showcasing some major logistical problems that the Russian military has not been undergoing pretty basic maintenance of a lot of its equipment. One of the things that was actually pointed out by an expert in military transport tires, yes, there is such a thing, is that armed convoy, sorry, these Russian military um these Russian military convoy equipment needs to be moved all of the time. The reason why is if you let it sit out in the sun, specifically these level of tires, these tires which are very important to moving off terrain, um, which is not roads, that they need to be and cannot be left sitting in the sun. Mm. And he looked at a lot of open source intelligence that ended up coming out of Ukraine, and he's watching all these tires getting shredded. There's a lot of abandoned Russian transport vehicles in the mud. And the same time, one of the reasons why you see Russian uh, Russian transport uh, equipment all massing on roads is because if they go off-road, they're going to sink and get stuck in the mud. Wait, what? One of the world's largest armies can't take over Ukraine for the same reason I can't walk across the yard when it rains? Oh, man. I don't have the right shoes on. It's too muddy. I want to ruin my Clarks. Okay. So they're obviously having some logistical problems on the ground. You know, I heard once that you uh, actually go to, the, go to war with the army that you have, not the one you wish you had. I wonder if Putin's ever heard that. Someone should ask him. Anywho, the army itself is getting stuck in the mud, and the AAA lady has been on hold with them for hours now. We've all been there, guys. What other issues are they having with the war that was only supposed to take them a couple of days? The official number that the Russian Ministry of Defense acknowledges is 498 Russian combat deaths with 1,500 injured. Now, that's probably on the lower end. Oh, my Lord. Russia is acknowledging 500 dead troops in just one week. I cannot imagine that that's going over well with the Russian people back home. I don't mean to be flippant about the loss of life here. No, fresh-faced Russian kid ordered himself to invade Ukraine and shell civilians. And there is a lot of talk of incredibly low morale among the Russian soldiers. This is actually having huge effects on Putin's government back in Russia. Russian citizens by the thousands are protesting the war in Ukraine at great personal risk to themselves as the Putin government cracks down on all kinds of dissent. From Ekaterinburg to St. Petersburg to the capital, Moscow, thousands of Russians across the country sharing one chant 
one voice, spilling into streets and city squares, outraged ever since President Vladimir Putin last week ordered a full-scale invasion of neighboring Ukraine. But as swiftly as Russians began to decry the conflict, so too came the armed police to strangle the dissent. One video on social media showed Russian security forces in St. Petersburg roughing up a woman holding a peace sign and a baby. Speaking out risks not only physical harm, but Russian authorities warned protesters could face criminal charges that could mark their records for life. An independent monitoring group reports that more than 6,000 demonstrators have been arrested. Oh yeah, and think about the courage that must take to publicly protest the war in Russia, knowing you could very well just disappear. I can't even imagine that amount of bravery. The closest I've ever come to being that brave is answering a Zoom call from work when a meeting wasn't scheduled. Oh, God. It's Jennifer. What does she want? Please, please, Jennifer, don't ask me if I did the thing you told me to do this morning. We both know I didn't. So Russia's sheer might is gaining them ground continuously in Ukraine. But they've suffered a much higher loss of life than they could have anticipated. And their own citizens are taking to the streets by the thousands. Now, in response, we here in the West have issued some of those, uh, what do you call them there, uh, sanctions. How are those going? The speed and the scope of these sanctions and of the corporate reaction is unprecedented especially considering the size of the Russian economy. It's about number 12 or 13 in the world. We took a look a few years ago about the consequences of increasing sanctions on Russia and determined that most of the problems would fall on regular Russians on small and medium enterprises. Now, all of the Russian economy would be affected, but but certainly everyday Russians who will depend on imports that are now more expensive because of the exchange rate depreciation or businesses that rely on imported inputs are just going to have a harder life right now. Yeah, this is another adjacent tragedy, which is building alongside this crisis in Ukraine. While most people do support, me included, sanctioning Vladimir Putin directly along with a bunch of other Russian oligarchs who control much of the money flow in and out of the country. The overwhelming burden of these sanctions are being felt by the Russian citizenry. From the collapse of the ruble this week to the doubling of interest rates by the central bank to the refusal by other countries to allow Russian planes in. Now, even if you're trying to flee Russia, it's next to impossible to do that. But through all of this, the loss of life, the collapse of the Russian economy, protests in the streets, Vladimir Putin remains steely-eyed as ever. I will never go back on the statement that Russians and Ukrainians are one people, even though a lot of Ukrainians have been threatened and brainwashed. We are fighting with the neo-Nazis. They are using civilians as human shields. Those comments at a meeting with his Security Council, where he held a moment's silence for Russia's dead. It follows a phone call with the French president, which a French presidential source said contained nothing reassuring. Their description of that call is one of the grimmest I've ever read. Vladimir Putin said he was fighting a neo-Nazi regime and that unless diplomatically Ukraine was disarmed and neutralised, he would continue his military campaign. 
President Macron told him that this was not a Nazi regime, that he was deluded and not describing reality, and that it would cost his country dearly. The source said that Vladimir Putin intended to take the whole country and that the worst was yet to come. Holy shit. As he feels increasingly cornered, Vladimir Putin still insists that he will take the whole country of Ukraine and that the worst is yet to come. I cannot imagine what that means. But by the way, it's kind of a contradiction to his whole thesis here. You can't, on one hand, insist that you're liberating the, liberating the Ukrainian people from Nazis and say, well, once we get there, we're going to kill a bunch more of them. Pick a lane, Vlad. You know, I'm starting to think that this guy eh, might not be all there. So as terrifying as all of that rhetoric is, pundits and politicians alike here in this country have offered quite a range of potential solutions. They range from fully sanctioning the Russian oil and gas industry, which would effectively crash all of Russia's economy overnight, which proponents of that say is kind of the point that by doing that, they would spark regime change within Russia, that the Russian people would somehow rise up and be able to overthrow Vladimir Putin. Others have suggested a no-fly zone over Ukraine, which unfortunately doesn't just mean posting a sign at the entrance and hoping people follow it. You actually have to enforce that with planes and weapons and the like. And Vladimir Putin has made it very clear that he would see that as tantamount to us going to war with Russia. So while all those solutions have been bantied about, one Long Island lass has quite a deception in mind. Now you would think that maybe these European countries would get together and they'd be arming the Ukrainians that show that they're willing to fight. You know, if we can see on satellite imagery where the convoy is, I don't know, maybe some smart country, maybe NATO might take some of their fighter jets, uh, or maybe they can use some drone strikes and take out the whole damn convoy. And then nobody takes credit for it. So then Putin won't know who to hit back. Well, he's threatening nuclear weapons. Hannity, you're talking about nuclear war. I'm not talking about nuclear war, nor would I support one American boot on the ground here. But at what point is this going to end? You are a disgrace to our name. I think from now on you should, and I don't say this lightly, have to start spelling your name S-H-A-U-N. I know it's harsh, but your behavior has warranted it. What, do you think he's like not going to hit anybody in retaliation for that? Well, I don't know who did it, and I can't just indiscriminately hit someone. That's against the rules. So while many geniuses have offered their solutions, isn't there a worldwide body that's actually supposed to take some kind of action here? The United Nations General Assembly passed a resolution today that denounces Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The vote comes after three days of speeches by UN ambassadors. This is an overwhelming vote for this resolution, and I think it accomplishes what the sponsors set out to do, which is to show Russia's isolation within the international community. So let's break down the vote. 141 voted yes for this resolution, made up of all the EU nations, the UK, the United States, Canada, uh, democracies around the world. UAE voted yes. That's worth noting because it uh, rejected, it, sorry, abstained from the same resolution when it tried to pass at the Security Council. Five voted against to be expected. Russia, Belarus, North Korea, Syria, Eritrea, 
35 abstentions, China and India, Vietnam, Congo, to name a few. Now, China and India also abstained from the Security Council resolution, and, and both countries have uh, used very careful language. Ah, yes, we condemn you. We are not at all a joke. This is the United Nations, for God's sake. You can't just wave a vial of anthrax in front of us and expect us to... Oh, wait. So the UN passed a resolution condemning Russia for the invasion of Ukraine, which is fine, I guess, but doesn't carry any actual weight. And it's the first time that the whole body has actually been able to do this, because up until the end of last week, Russia actually chaired the Security Council. And while chairing the Security Council, they actually vetoed a resolution condemning them for invading Ukraine. How does that work? You can't just take a class vote on whether the bully has to stop stealing people's lunch money and give the bully veto power over it. Listen, guys, I've looked into your concerns. I really have. I've thought about this a lot. I want you guys to know that. I hear you. But I have concluded that this behavior is actually okay. So the wedgies will continue as planned. The UN didn't just pass a resolution. Oh, no, 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 sir. When the Russian envoy began to speak yesterday, all the diplomats got up and walked out. Ha <laughs> ha, take that, you bastards. Your bombs ain't got nothing on our passive-aggressive behavior. Okay, so where does that leave us now? Well, unfortunately, it doesn't future here is very uncertain. The UN has shown itself to be completely useless as expected. And here in the West, we can't get Vladimir Putin to eat any carrots. And we're running out of sticks. And unfortunately, neither the people in Ukraine who are being bombed, nor the people in Russia who are being squeezed, have the luxury, like the tough guys and gals at the UN, to stand up, walk out, and pretend like they did something. That's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Quick programming note, we are off all next week. All next week we're down, so no new shows. There will be some bonus clips on our YouTube channel, so make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube. Be sure to hit the bell so that you'll never miss any of our videos. As always, please be sure to follow our podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can download every episode right into your phone. It's just right there. It's right on your phone. And if you feel like we've earned it, please go ahead and leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. We're back all new Monday night, not this Monday, but next Monday, March 14th at 9 o'clock Eastern here on YouTube and on your podcast app of choice. We sure do hope you'll join us then. In the meantime... Let's slide on down to the oasis. Say hi to our friends in low places. <laughs>